Oh, what's a cute board game? What's the cutest board game? <clears throat> uh, my name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week, we're going to have a serious conversation about cuteness and adorability in board games. Not even kidding. Okay, welcome back to the Snakes Cast, folks. Joining me this week are Amanda McKnight. Hey! And Chris Matheson. Hello again. So, there are evolutionary reasons for humans being kind of obsessed with cute things. Uh, Babies are really, really helpless. Human babies in particular. All human babies are born prematurely. Most other mammals, they get born, they can walk pretty much right off the bat. Not humans. We have to care for the little ones or else we go extinct. And evolution has taught us this lesson, and as a result, anything that's got a big head or big round eyes that are slightly below the center of its face, uh, any of these things, even certain kinds of shapes, very rounded or warm sort of shapes, even things like punctuation, semicolons for crying out loud, have been actually shown to elicit the same kind of reaction, although to not quite the same degree as these other cute things. So most humans have this thing. So two of you, cute things like? Kittens. Kittens? Love kittens. You're a fan of kittens? <laughs> Love kittens. What about cute things in general? Like stuff that people would describe as cutesy. Think of like adorable little, you know, pink crocheted and knitted stuff. with T- uh... Tiny things. Big eyes, as you said. Uh... You're a fan? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I love cute things. I love um, those stuffed animals you get that are like sushi. Those things are <laughs> awesome. What do you think about the, uh, the, the disease molecules and stuff? Uh, yeah, anything anything that's round and squishy and comes in a stuffed form, I'm those kind little, of all about those it. Those little plushy diseases are actually awesome. You're very cute. They're, or organs. They're, they're... You know, you can get like a little plush spleen. Yeah. Little eye, say, hello, I'm your spleen. But, um, all right. So this, this is pretty, pretty broad spread. It has to be. But in contemporary culture, there is a bit of a gender divide here, I've noticed. There is a stereotype at the very least that uh, cute stuff is more coded as being for women and girls. And, you know, cool stuff is coded more for men and for boys. Uh, do you think, it's, do you ever see this at the cafe? Do you ever see male customers kind of put off by cutesy looking things or female customers, you know, gravitating straight towards it? All the time, every day. People, men will come in and they'll gravitate towards Battleship or Risk mm-hmm. or even, you know, stuff like that all the time. And a lot of women will come in and gravitate towards, hey, that's my fish. Or You see it at the bar a lot as well. But I think that there is this secret that everybody has inside them, which is that like <laughs> everybody kind of wants to do the opposite of what they were raised to like. Rebelliousness is also yeah, so, a, uh, an evolutionary behavior. Yeah, so I mean, um, definitely if you get to know tables well enough, there are times when you can... Give them all the cute stuff to, like, the big burly guys and they'll buy it. And all of the really intense, like, super crazy strategy, like, very blocky games. Yeah, to the to the girls. So so do you think that this the, the stereotype does exist, obviously, and we see it play out all yeah. the time. Yeah. Do you think it's mostly because women are more inclined to like cute things or because men are more reluctant to express interest in cute things because people are going to judge them for being less manly? I'd say the latter. I would say the latter too. <laughs> I, I I don't think men dislike cute things. Yeah, I, I feel no particular need to apologize. Yeah, about my love for cutesy things. But then again, I, I I'm surrounded by people, friends, you know, people who I work with, my family, and so on, who aren't going to judge me about stuff like that. So I I kind of have an advantage that way. It's very true, actually. It's very true. Not, not all guys are that. I lucky. think most guys don't have that advantage, so mm-hmm. that's why they, they keep it under wraps. 
So we're, you know, maybe, maybe we can uh, sit some of them down with some uh, with some of their girlfriends, their sisters, their moms. Their, That's the their best daughters. time to attack. Sure, because uh, if, if if you know, no matter how big a man we've got, if his little girl is sitting at the table and she's having the time of her life playing something that's cutesy, how is he not going to get into that as well? No way. So how are we going to get into? What are some types of games that do this? Obviously, kids' games, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're they're. they're it's it's not it's not just that that cute stuff is coded towards women and girls. It's also frequently c- coded towards children, which means almost every kids game we have on the shelf is cute mm-hmm. in some way. What are some mm-hmm. of your favorites? Which ones do you guys like to bring out? Cha uh, cha chicken or chicken cha cha cha. Bugs in the kitchen uh, as well is actually pretty adorable, even though there's bugs in it. I don't think we actually have that one at the cafe. I don't oh, remember it's seeing it. Awesome. Uh, we have it at the bar, and it's basically there's four traps. And what you're trying to do is there's a little uh, nano bug, like a little hexa bug thing. Oh, the wind-up toy thing? Yeah, it, it's, it's like you turn it on, it's a little button, it vibrates around the board, and you're moving all the cutlery to try to get it into your trap. <laughs> and you have to Sneaky. roll a dice to see what cutlery you can move on the board. Uh, it's awesome. I had a bunch of hardcore gamers come in and play it. They were going to uh, the game jam uh, to build a game. And the one guy loved it so much because as they were leaving, I'm like, wait, 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 before you go, this game is not intense, but it is fantastic they played it and he was like i need to buy this for my daughter because she will love this game that's fantastic. And the other one was like i have a nephew and he's getting this well bugs are probably the hardest kind of animal to, to make, make cute. cute you can do it very difficult but it's hard that's uh, one thing i've done things i've discovered though is that when you get outside of kids games uh to games that are more for all ages one of the most popular things to do as cute is animals like hey that hey oh, that's my sure. fish has come up again and again Tons of games. One of my favorites I just learned, actually, Funny Bunny. You're these cute <laughs> little rabbits racing to get to the carrot first. Uh, but at any turn, you can fall down into a hole and get knocked out of the game. Yeah, it's it's like... Super simple, super cute. <laughs> it's like the apocalypse with adorable bunnies. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's certain kinds of animals, I think, that are sort of automatically cute. Pandas, for example. We've seen the power of the picture of the panda on the Takenoko box. That I think the cover of that box sells the game more, more a, than the gameplay itself. Absolutely. It's just this adorable panda, yeah. and what else do you need to know? Yeah. A lot of them, too, are very cutthroat games. Like when we talk about, like, hey, that's my fish, or like <laughs> kittens in a blender, we have these adorable kittens, and we're all going to blend them. It just sounds There's, awful, but that, the box is, like, that <laughs> game box is adorable. It is. It's, it's really an actual is. game, though some of you in the audience may actually be disbelieving this, but no, let me assure you, there is, in fact, a game called Kittens in a Blender. I don't just have a twisted mind. No, we, we do actually. Well, I'm not going to judge, but um, <laughs> we do actually have this game at the cafe, and you can play it. And the best thing about it is that all these individual little kitten cards have their own individual picture, and they all have a name. So it's not just that one of the you know yellow kittens got blended. That was Pixel who yeah. got blended. That was Ninja who just got blended. Ham sandwich. <laughs> not ham sandwich. And, uh, and the cartoons are super adorable yeah. in that one as well. Um, sometimes... Well, again, usually it's animals, but there's something else, too. You'll sometimes see people in these games. You know, the ones with the chibi-style anime characters with the mm-hmm. giant heads yep. mm-hmm. and the giant eyes. You know what almost all of those have in common? They're almost all dungeon crawlers. It's true. Arcadia Quest is a recent recent one that just came out that's Which exactly I like am that. crazy about. Oh, my gosh. The minis are so cute and the gameplay so good. Um, Super Dungeon Explorer does this. Flash Duel does this. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, boss monster does this. God, I love boss monster. <laughs> like, do you, I feel like I'm, there's so few of us, but that game is just, it's also just so like cute. The way I it's love designed. to recommend boss monster as an alternative to Munchkin. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is such a good sub for Munchkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Munchkin. It's 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 easy to get into. That sixteen bit art is so great. Uh, it's 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 that, that that great nostalgia factor as far as the old timey video games of these. But again, beautiful stuff. And I wonder why it's mostly dungeon crawlers. Games about adventurers fighting monsters that tend to have acute people in them. Why not some other genre? It's probably about, uh, you know, bringing people into into that genre. Bringing uh, these people that would never normally think about, wow, let's go kill some monsters, into a genre where they can do that. Like, how do you get a 16-year-old girl who's just all about her cell phone away from that for a few minutes <laughs> to, to play a dungeon crawler? That's the best way to do it. Uh, you're probably not going to do it with the, uh, you know, impractical spiky armor with bare midriff. That's no, not no, going to sell a lot of people. <laughs> but, um... If you're going to go with cute other stuff, uh, I find usually it's food. So we've got Sushi Go. Amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Adorable you know. sushi with eyes and mouths. <laughs> ba- baby's bag. first seven wonders. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the best one, too, because when I pitch that to tables, I'm always just like, this is a game. This is a card game where basically what you guys are trying to do is have the best, most delicious sushi meal. We've got three courses to do it. And Perfect. usually when I say that, people are like, what? Let's do that. What well, is that? Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. So obviously there's the question of getting people to the table in the first place, and that's never going to happen to begin with if they don't actually get that far. But um, how, is the, how is the cutesiness of a game and the success of a cute visual design going to affect the actual play once you're in it, once you're playing the game? So, I mean, I think that what it does is it makes you more excited to play the game because mm. everything is adorable. So <laughs> you, get, you get super pumped. Um, plus, usually when you're trying to explain to someone how to play a game, Cute games, because everything is sort of coordinated in a specific way, makes it a lot less intimidating. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I think once people sort of get into that, they sort of, it's easier for them to wrap their head around what a cute game is. I feel like I can do this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's like, let's do this. I can do this. Let's play. And, and who really cares? Because this is just a cute game. So it doesn't really matter if I win or I lose, because look how cute that thing is. Looking at me. As mentioned before, uh, dungeon crawlers, getting people who would usually never play a dungeon crawler to play one because of its cute skin on it. it I, think it's, I think it's brilliant. That being said, no matter the skin on a game, if it's not a good game, people are not going to want to play it. Yeah, no. Yeah, Munchkin says hi. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> dude, I just said that. Okay, apologies to Munchkin fans out there. I do love you. I just don't like that particular game. It's a personal thing. It's fine. But, uh, the, and also, I think uh, that cuteness sort of takes the sting out of the violence for this sure. game. You don't have to for feel sure. as bad about poking somebody with a spear or stabbing them with a sword because, oh, look how cute they are. You know, it feels mm-hmm. less like Game of Thrones and more like Bugs and Daffy and Elmer. Yeah. The easy, easy change is instead of killing someone, you knock them out. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they that, fell asleep. Exactly. It lowers the emotional stakes, so not only do you feel not quite so bad about losing, but you also feel not quite so bad about dancing on the graves of the other players who you've just beaten. So, all right. We've talked about how awesome cute games are. We all love them. Is there anybody out there who you would not recommend cute games for? Who you kind of steer clear of this? You know, I think once we get to a certain number of bros... It's too many for me to recommend anymore. Usually past four, because when I get four guys together, even even them I can recommend cute games to, and usually they'll love it, because I feel like they're in enough of an intimate circle with their friends. Like These must be their best friends they're out with or something, but they're kind of cool with, like, let's play a cute game and really like it. They'll feel safe. They don't mm-hmm. feel like they're going to mm-hmm. be judged. Mm-hmm. But when it's, when it's more than that, it's like we better just 
one, I mean, people just want to play party games, but two, it's like stick to the party games because no one's going to want, you know, me to bring out bugs in the kitchen and like have they all take a go with that. No one's going to like that. Or chicken cha-cha-cha. For me, it's reading the table. Um, I'm not going to not recommend a cute game to anyone because there are a lot of great cute games out there. It depends on what that table of people is looking for. They might not be looking for any game that's cute because those cute games don't satisfy their need of actual gameplay. Well, that's like when you get tables, too, that are a couple serious people, you know, having a really epic Duke battle or something. Exactly. And all they want to do is play a couple two-player games that are super intense, play some Zerts, play some Duke, and and call that a night. Exactly. Those are not the people that, that you'd be like, you guys should play Hey, That's My Fish. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Even though the mechanics for Hey, That's My Fish fit with, in perfectly yeah, with Yeah, with that. what they're playing, yeah. Hey, That's My Fish, when it boils down to it, is actually a really cutthroat abstract. <laughs> it is. They just threw penguins on it. Yeah. But uh, again, like you're saying, that group that's playing the Duke, they, they probably really like that stark... Yeah, uh, minimalist. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that I feel like when you recommend those games, they feel kind of like you're insulting them, like you're yeah. dumbing something down. When you're really just trying to say this is a great game, and you're playing games that are like this, you'd probably like it. Yeah. But they look at the picture and go, "This looks like a game that is for four year olds." Maybe it kind of is, but <laughs> you could play too. It's welcoming for four year olds, but uh, sometimes when the game is fun for the whole family, it's not necessarily fun for you, or at least it, co- it comes across that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed this little discussion. If you have any particular feelings about cute games, for or against, or if there's another topic you'd like to hear about on the show, please do tweet it to us at SnakesCast. Chris, Amanda, thanks for being on the show. Always a pleasure. Talk to you later. The SnakesCast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Snow. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. Same time next week. Game on.